welcome to the Elevate Live podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I want you to stop right there just a second. You are the apple of God's eye. That means he's got your best interest in mind. He knows right where you are today. The Bible says he knows the numbers of hairs on your head. If you don't have any hair on your head, he knows the follicle number. He knows it all. In other words, he knows it all. He knows exactly where you are. And so you're the apple. He calls you the apple of his eye. I'm God's workmanship, created for good works. God's created you. He's put you on this earth. You're his, you're his in the Greek, it's poema. You're his poem that has been written. You're, a, you're an example of his workmanship. He, he created you out of nothing. And he didn't just create you. He created you for good works. I just declare you're put on this earth to be a miracle worker. I sat around the table with about 10 people last night at that Samaritan in Gala. And I said, I'm glad we at this table are not people who are ever, ever again in our life going to need a miracle because God's going to use us to be miracle workers. I just speak over your life that you are a miracle worker in the name of Jesus. You are created for good works. Good things are going to happen for your boss because of you. I'm talking to my employees now. Yes. Hallelujah. But I'm talking about you too. Good things are going to happen to your boss because of you. Good things are going to happen to your clients because of you. You're going to hear them say, I've never had anybody work as hard as you work for me. I've never had anybody who's able to accomplish this. You're going, to, you're going to create a place of indispensability in the name of Jesus because you are ordained, anointed, empowered by God, the poema of God, the workmanship of God to do good works. And we are to execute in the most positive sense good things in a bad world. I said good things in a bad world in the name of Jesus. Paul, lift up your hands right there. Thank you, God, that this is a new season for Paul. Thank you that, God, you're going to use him magnificently, magnanimously. God, you're going to pour more through his hands in the next two years than he has in his whole life. Listen to what I'm saying. And it's because you're getting refocused and redialed in on the kingdom. So God is going to trust you like he's never trusted you before. In the name of Jesus, open doors. I can do, come on. All things through Christ who strengthens me. God is your strength. Come on. God is your strength. Not your job, not the government, not somebody else. God is your strength. I'm an I can do person. Come on. I'm an I can do person. Just say that. I'm an I can do person. I'm not a can't do person. I'm an I can, I'm an I can do. Why? Because I'm not doing it in Keith Craft's strength. I'm doing it in Jesus' strength. Today, come on, today I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God. God, help me think like you. Come on, just say, help me think like you. So I can be like you. So I can live life the way you intended for me to live. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We're just taking a minute, y'all. Is that all right? Come, Holy Spirit. God has great things in store. And when you get with the right people in the right place at the right time, the right things happen. And in the name of Jesus, the right thing is not just what you want to happen, but what God's going to make happen right now 
in the name of Jesus. I speak miracles over your life. I speak God's possibility into your impossibility. I speak healing and wholeness and health. Come on. I speak the word of the living God over your life in the name of Jesus. God, open the heavens. Open the heavens. Open the heavens over every person's life that's here. God, you say in Psalms 133 that you command a blessing where the brethren and the sisters come into unity together. So God, we come into unity that we need you more. We want you more. We want more of your presence. God, we want your super into our natural. God, we don't want our way. We want your way. We say thy kingdom come. Come on, say it with me. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God said he sent his word and it healed them. I'm going to read scripture and it's going to bring healing in the name of Jesus. I'm going to send this word and it's going to work in your life in the name of Jesus. Ephesians 3, now to him who is able to do, say it with me, exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church, that's us by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever and ever and ever. And we sang it. For thine is the kingdom and the power, think kingdom, and the power be powerful and the glory do glory. What's my think be do? I'm going to think kingdom, I'm going to be powerful, and I'm going to do the glory of God in the earth. According to the power that works in me, God, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask or think. The glory of God, the kabod of God, the weight of God, the magnificence of God, the magnanimity of God, the superpower of God. You're not just a human being. You're a superhuman being. God is your God. You're his son. You're his daughter empowered by him in the name of Jesus. Here's the supernatural thought for this message. Wise stewards build their house on the rock. Did you hear all those amens? It must have been in heaven because I didn't hear one person say it in this room. Wise stewards build their house on the rock. Come on. Amen. So this is Jesus. So, so. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. So you can come and just be a hearer of the word. In fact, Jesus' brother James in the book of James said it this way. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a. In other words, now back to Jesus. So James wrote that after Jesus rose from the dead. After he died on the cross and rose from the dead. He said, don't just be a hearer, be a doer of the word. Because here's what Jesus said. So everyone, by the way, everyone's everyone. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man, a wise woman, a wise steward of their life and every gift that God's given them, including the breath that you breathe. Who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods and the torrents came and the winds blew and they slammed against the house, yet it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Somebody put an amen on that. And then Jesus, like he has to add this one, you know. 
Oh, by the way, and everyone or anyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish. And then, uh, you know, I'm not saying this, but this is what the Bible says in the Amplified. Foolish, stupid man. Some of the best advice I've ever gotten is just don't be stupid. You know, you got a friend when somebody says, look, don't be stupid. Don't get offended by that. Just don't be stupid. How many of you have ever been stupid? If you don't raise your hand on this one, you're stupid. <laughs> so Jesus gives this paradox. He gives this, this, this choice that we all have to be in everyone that this works for, not not poor, not rich, not black, not white, not Hispanic, not Asian, not, no, to everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them, he will be like a wise man that when the storms come and when stuff happens that are the uncontrollables out of your life, that that man, even though the storms rage, that man will stand and, that, and everything that man and, or woman has built will stand. But there's also another everyone and some people choose to be this, everyone. They hear the words, but then they don't do them. They're like a foolish or a stupid man or woman who built their house on the sand. And same thing happens. Next verse. The rain fell. Same thing happens to the just and the unjust, the good and the bad, the, the wise and the unwise. The floods came. The torrents came. The winds blew, slammed against the house. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants storms. But that house fell, and it, great and complete was its fall. So... When Jesus had finished speaking these words on the mountain, mountain always speaks of authority. Mountain always speaks of, of our lives. That God says in the last days, men will come from around the world to the mountain, to the house of the Lord. And they will be taught and learn and grow. These words on the mountain, the crowds were astonished and they were overwhelmed at his teaching. Wow! For he was teaching them not as one who had or as one who had authority to teach entirely of his own volition, not as their scribes who relied on others to confirm their authority. Now, here, here's what's amazing. Uh, and, and maybe you've heard me talk about this, maybe you haven't. I know the people that I coach and mastermind, they've heard me talk about this stuff. But everybody didn't hear this because this is pretty, um, this is like dialing it in. Okay, so there are theoretical people and there are transformational people. Uh, in between theoretical people and transformational people, uh, there are transactional people. So there's three different kinds of people. So you've got theoretical people, you've got transactional people, and then you've got transformational people. Now, here's, here's, here's what most people do with the theoretical. What is the theoretical? Well, it's one thing, Ryan, did you ever, in, in, your, uh, in your piano lessons, did you ever learn theory? Uh, is, is, that like, is that like the most boring things you've ever done in your life? I mean, theory. I mean, it's like the most boring. That, that's what these people are saying. Like, they, he didn't teach one as just was theoretical. Okay, because you could, like, it, in theory, it makes sense. Okay, uh, Dr. John, it makes sense. Like, there's a, a, if, you're, if you're wise, then you'll don't, not just hear my words, but you'll, you'll apply my words. And you won't just apply my words, but what will happen is you'll see that the storms will come, and because you applied my word, guess what you did? You became a transformational person. In other words, the storm didn't change you. The storm didn't matter. See, bad times change some people. 
Some people, get, some people get abused. Some people get hurt very badly by other people. And the devil means for that to alter not just your DNA in the natural, but he means to alter your DNA in your, in your emotions and in your spirit. And, and he thinks by hurting you bad enough that he can transform your life for the worse because of what they did. But when you realize, guess what? There's something more powerful than that theoretical knowledge. Because the devil does have that power to do that. But watch this. Then you move to transaction. Everybody that's here in sales, which if you make money for exchanging something, you're in sales. That's transactional. A lot of people are in a transactional marriage. They, it's like, you do this, I do that. If you don't do that, I'm not doing this. And it's very transactional. They never, they never get that. A lot of people are in transactional relationships. And transactional, all, all of these are important. Theory is important in piano. It's boring, but it's important. Theory is important. Transaction is important. But watch this. The most important is transformation. Because once you transform in a right way, something really happens very cool, Vaughn, and that is that I become instinctive. Now, most people, the only time they see instinctive greatness is on a stage when Beyonce sings or on stage when Prince used to do his thing. Some of y'all don't know this guy's a prodigy. Some of y'all don't know what a prodigy is. By the time he was like four or something, you were playing the piano. That's called a prodigy. No lessons, no theory, just flow. Glad you're here, Arthur. I needed a prodigy. So, so, so that's like Prince. It's like every instrument he picked up, he could play. Not very many people are born with that kind of gift, and usually the truth is they die early. The gift will kill you. The greater your gifting is, think about Michael Jackson, think about Elvis Presley, I could go down the list. The greater the gifting, you become so instinctive, watch this, that you don't have to work on the process that it took to get there. Theoretical, transactional transformational, then instinctive. The problem with very highly gifted people is they can use it any way that they want it. But watch this. Rather than changing things for good, it usually changes them for the bad and the world around them for bad. So there's a lot more I could say about that. But I simply want to say this. Jesus taught them as a transformational teacher. Why? Because guess what? He didn't just adhere to the word. He is the word, y'all. I said he is the word. So when he's teaching this, this is what's amazing, uh, Ryan, is he's teaching this, and, and, and here, is the, here is the theory. Here is the transactional piece. We're able to have our sins forgiven because of the transaction of the cross. Jesus became... Our, our substitutionary sacrifice. Jesus became the propitiation. Uh, the I'm probably going to get this wrong, but the propitiatory, propitiatory, what is it, Josh? Figure it out. But anyway, so Jesus became the propitiation. He took our place. He transacted for us so we could be transformed. So I want you to understand, every, all, all of these are important. In business, we got to do transaction. But, but guess what, Rod? I don't want to just do business with people. Okay, you pay me, I'll do this. Like me as a coach, like when I'm coaching people, the thing that I offer people is not my information. I offer them my impartation. 
So if somebody's just looking for information, go find you a teacher. But if you want impartation, I'm your guy. Why is that? Because that's how Jesus wants all of us to be. In other words, I don't want a client for this gig. I w- how many of you want clients for life? Come on. I mean, wouldn't that be great? That's called residual income. Okay, so, so again, most people are very transactional because most people are very theoretical. Many parents are theoretical. They know what to say, and they say it to their kids, but they don't model it for their kids. So they have no authority with their children. Listen, if you think just because you're your son's dad or you're your son's mom that they're going to listen to you, if you hadn't figured that out yet, that's not going to happen. But the more you live what you say, the more they will have to listen because they cannot deny. It's been proven, okay, I'm an idiot if I don't do what you do. Or I'm an idiot if I do what you do. See, it works both ways. So I hope you all are getting what I'm saying. So Jesus, he, he gives these two polar opposites, but he's talking about everyone. How many of you want to be on the side of the wise everyone? Build your house on the rock. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want security. I want security. Like on the rock. Isaiah 28, therefore the Lord God says, listen carefully. Everybody say, I'm listening. I'm laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a secure foundation that will be firmly placed He who believes, who trusts in, who relies on and adheres to that stone will not be disturbed, panicked, or gotten off center of life. Who's that stone? Come on, y'all. Who's that rock? Jesus. So when he's teaching this parable, Jesus, the reason he's teaching with so much authority is because he's saying, I'm the guy y'all need to build your life on. Without saying that, that's what he's saying. If you build your life on the rock, I'm going to tell you something. I know me. It's like, it's like, it's like if I was, was going to try to sell somebody on being my friend, which in the past I felt like I've had to. I married her. She's got a ring on it, but it took a lot of sales, about eight and a half years of me saying, listen, Sheila, if you marry me, I'm going to tell you something. I know you don't know what guys are like. You're only 15. Let me tell you what guys are like. Anyway, I, I didn't spend that much time. I just showed her what I wanted to be like. I opened the door for her. I would never walk in front of her. She would walk in front of me. I tried to prefer her. I tried to show her honor. What she did not know is not all men are like that. I said, listen, don't get out of the car. Let me walk out. I know it takes a little bit of time. Let me get out of the car. I said, in high school, I said, let me get out of the car. Let me come open the door for you. I can open my own door. I said, I know you can. I know you can. But I want to honor you by opening your door for you. Every once in a while, now that we've been together for, in just a few days, in three days, 518 months, every once in a while, I'll jump out of the car, and guess what? Just even in my own, I've been doing this a long time, I'll just kind of take off, and, and I'll look back there, she's sitting in the car. <laughs> hey, you told me when I was 15 not to open this door. See, when you get married, it doesn't mean you stop being a gentleman. Or giving honor. Or as Jermaine Jackson said, do what you did when you did what you did to me. <laughs> do you know that old song? No. <laughs> That's because you're too young. Do what you did when you did what you did to me. 
We don't, we don't need to learn that one. I just always... Jesus had authority, watch this, y'all, because he was the rock. A wise man builds his life on Jesus. Come on, put an amen on that. The Bible goes on to say Paul's teaching the church of Corinth. They were the most spiritual church of the day. And he says, listen, I want you guys to understand something. God's given this grace to me, this power of God to me as a wise master builder. I want to stop right now and ask you a question. Are you a wise master builder? Are you a wise master builder in your marriage? Because you're building your marriage. It isn't just one of you. Are you a wise master builder as it relates to your family? Are you a wise master builder as it relates to your finances? Are you a wise master builder as it relates to your business? He said, I'm a wise master builder because, watch this, I've laid the foundation. And then another can build on it. But let each one of you take heed to how he builds on it. For there is no other foundation. Everybody say, no other foundation. Can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ is the, he's the foundation that he was talking about, about as a wise man builds his house on the rock. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold or silver or precious stones or wood or hay or straw, each one's work will become clear and the day will declare it. What, what does that mean? It'll be revealed not just by the storms, not just by the winds, but by fire. You'll go through stuff. And by the way, if you're thinking, if you're thinking that, your, your foundation is good because you got a good job right now. You're, you're mistaken. You think, well, the economy's good. No, no, you're, no, you're mistaken. But the Bible says that, that, that a wise steward, a wise man, a wise woman builds on the rock. In other words, Jesus is the foundation. So, so, so again, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, do you not? And, and, and So here's what he goes on. He says, if anyone's work which has been built on it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned or blown away or blown up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved. Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And I just find this so important because for us to understand because God wants us to understand that, that he is the foundation and we are the temple. So we've got to build our life on the foundation of him. Somebody put an amen on that. It, it would be ludicrous, would it not? What, what if in Frisco, okay, Frisco, you decide to get you a little lot, about $200,000. I'm going to get me a little house lot. Because if you go over here to one of these neighborhoods that hadn't been built, it's not some kind of track home or something like that, you're going to pay about two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, six hundred thousand in some neighborhoods just for the lot. So what if you, let's just, let's just, let's just play the best case scenario. You can afford a $600,000 lot. It's going to be right next door to somebody's house, but you like it. And you buy that $600,000 lot, and you go, I know what conventional wisdom says, that I should hire a contractor and, you know, lay a foundation and all that stuff. But I, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm good with a hammer. I'm good. I was a carpenter once. I took, I took wood, wood in high school. And uh, so I paid for this land. I, I bought this land. I'm going to build what I want to build. It would be shop. Yeah, thank you. I don't even know because I didn't take shop. I took wood. <laughs> Y'all can tell I didn't take wood. They go, hey, you want to do one of the, uh, one of the shops? I don't, I don't even know what that is. So no, I'll, I'll stay in English. I think I'm supposed to talk for a living. So I got to be able to put papers together and stuff. I don't want to be in there. Anyway, so... So here's, here's the deal. Some of us think we know, like we think we know how to run a business. 
And man, if you, if you, if you start making a little money, some of y'all think, some of y'all actually think 100,000 is a lot of money. Some of y'all think 200,000. Some of y'all think, man, if I could just make a half a million dollars a year, man, I'd be like rolling. What if I told you God wants way more than that for you? What if I said God wants way more than that for you? What if he's looking for some of the everyone that would take everything that they have and dedicate it to him? What might he roll through your hands? What ideas might he give you, not just to change the world, so that you would be dead, Steve, and your kids would be out on your yacht that has a laptop on the top of it. It's one of the biggest yachts in the world. And your technology, thank you, I have one, changed the world, but you're dead. Do you really just want to be on the earth 50 or 60 or maybe 70 or 80 years and just, hey, just, just live good, just not suffer, just have enough clothes and have enough food and have enough, you know, have a bigger house, you know, as big a house as you can get and nicest cars as you can get and then come to the end of your life and, and that's it. Or, or do you want to, watch this now, theoretical, transactional, transformational, do you want to live a life? of transformation for the glory of God that through your tribe the world starts changing because you're not just theoretical you're not just transactional and it wasn't just about you above all else it's about him so Jesus is teaching this and he's talking about himself Ryan the cornerstone in biblical times the cornerstone was used as a foundation and a standard upon which a building was constructed. Once in place, the rest of the building, watch this now. Once in place, the rest of the building would conform to the angles and the size of the cornerstone. In addition, if it was removed, the entire structure could collapse. Now, let me tell you about the seat that you're sitting in and why you can feel pretty good where you're sitting right now. Because I didn't, with my uh, limited knowledge, just come out here and go, hey, let's build God a cathedral and try to hire the cheapest people I could find. We, we got the best excavators, which is here, Rod Vilhauer. And, and Rod, we, we dug down in the dirt, and we repurposed about 20 feet down, repurposed the dirt so the dirt wouldn't move because the dirt here in Frisco moves. And if you have a house and there wasn't proper dirt work, you got cracks all in your house, depending on the part of Frisco that you live in. But here we didn't want that. And so we went down, we repurposed for every, for every inch or something. What, what was it? For every inch of movement that was possible based on the dirt, the constitution of the dirt, we repurposed a foot. So we did double of what the geotech said. Okay, so we got the dirt work right, which was about, listen, the dirt, six million. That's what I felt like. Then came time, watch this now, I'm, I'm not going to go through the whole process, but to, that was the next thing we did was the pillars, Scott? The piers. The piers, there's 100, approximately 130 of them that this cathedral is sitting on. Let me explain what a pier is. It's about 72 inches in diameter, solid concrete, 30 feet deep. Until Whenever Jesus decides to come back, this building may not be here, but those piers are going to be here. I promise you that. But guess what? It's going to take a lot for this building to go away because we are, it's sitting on 130 piers, 72 inches in diameter, 30 feet deep of solid concrete. You might drive by this building, oh, that's a, that's a pretty building. It's built on a solid foundation, I promise you that. 
And we spent a lot of money and time to make sure that that happened. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. It would be ludicrous in Frisco, Texas, for you to think, hey, I know a little bit about construction. I'm just going to do my own thing and forget conventional wisdom. It's crazy for you as a son or daughter of God just to live life the way you decide to live your life without the foundation being Jesus Christ. And here's what he's trying to say. In the, the reason they talk this language, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, is because everybody understood it. Because everybody built their own house. Everybody knew they had to have a cornerstone. And if the cornerstone wasn't right, if the angles weren't right on the cornerstone, then the house would not be right. It was foundation. So God says, I built this foundation and everything needs to conform to the foundation. Now, I'm not even going to get to your notes today because I'm just about through. But I do want you to turn with me to the book of Acts. This is not in your notes. And we're going to close with this. Listen very carefully now to what I want to tell you. Foundation. Let's talk about money just for a second. I got some money. All right, let me show you something real clear about money. And, and, and uh, Ryan, this is a good place to do it. So what I got is I got, I got 10 bucks, okay? So I have $10. So here's $10. Now listen, you do your money however you want to do your money. Or you can be a wise steward. But you can do your money however. It's, hey, it's your money, right? It's your money, right? Oh. So what are they talking about? No. Yeah, it is my money. Well, it's your breath, right? Oh, okay. God gave you that breath. He did. I'm my own master. Where'd my breath go? Better, better pray. Better pray. Okay, watch this. There's $10. Let me ask you a question. Which, which, which dollar does God say is mine? But then he say all of them? He says all of them. It's all mine. All you got's mine. But here's what I want you to do with this first one. I want you to make that, that the foundation. And if you'll honor me with the first one, and then you'll build your financial foundation on honoring me with the first one, we're going to stack some cash. But it's isn't just about money. In other words, even with our money, God says, I've got this principle in place. It's way more than theory. You can believe it or not. But that first dollar, that's a tithe to me. That's, you return that to me. That becomes a foundational piece for all of your money. Yeah, but I can't do that. Wait just a minute. You're going to build a house in Frisco and tell your uh, contractor, hey, it just costs too much to lay all that slab. Nobody thinks like that. I just wanted to build it. Do you know that the foundation for this building costs more than our first building? Our first building, what was the cost of our first building, Scott? When it was all said and done? Well, that was with everything. But I mean, initially it was about four something, 4.8 million, something like that, without, without the land and all that. So it's about four million. Our dirt work on this costs more than the whole building. You see, some people, they never get this in life. Like, they want to go up in life. They want, they want their life to get better, but they never get the foundation right, and they can't figure out why. And I'm just showing you, with money, that's the way it works. The first dollar is the foundation. Why? Because Jesus, listen, Jesus is the first fruit. That's what he's called, 1 Corinthians 15. You can look it up for yourself. Jesus was the first fruits of creation. And then in the book of James, Jesus' brother calls us the first fruits of God. So what does the first fruit represent? It represents the foundation. 
So it's everything in our life. It's our money. It's everything. It's like I'm going to build it on the way God does it. So look at, look at Acts, the third chapter. By the way, do you understand that? Let me, let me just say this one last time. Uh, put uh, put the, uh, the, the, wise, the wise man builds his house, Matthew 7, Scripture up there one more time. So in the context of money, let's look at it with money just for a second. Put it up there, guys, Matthew 7. So a wise man builds his house on let everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them. You don't have to do this today. You don't ever have to do it. And you'll never have the foundation right. Your foundation won't be right for your marriage. It won't be right for your business. It won't be, and, and storms will come. Watch this now. Storms will come. Fires will happen. Tests will come. And at some point in your life, God is going to reveal to you that you are not God. So, so everyone who hears these words in mind and acts on them, okay, God, that's what you say, okay, yeah, will be a wise man who built his house on the rock, the first fruit, the foundation of Jesus. And the rain fell and the floods and the torrents came, the winds blew, they slammed against the house. It didn't fall because it was founded on, watch this, a dollar. No, it's founded on the first dollar. No, it's founded on the first fruits. No, it's founded on the first fruit himself, Jesus. No, it was founded on the foundation, the cornerstone that we're supposed to build our life. We are the temple of God. My body's a temple of God built on the foundation of God. So it starts with me understanding that about myself. Watch this now. Then my marriage, then my business, and everything that concerns me, God says, just get it. This is the wise steward part. Get it in order. Don't, don't, well, I got a house payment, and uh, that's $3. For most people, that's, that's about 30%. And, and I, got, I got my car payment, and that, that's at least a dollar. And I got my kids' stuff, and I got, man, I got, and you know what? The truth is, at the end of the month, I need this. And that's, that's because at the end of the month, you're not doing this at first. At the first. Now, you can believe it or not, a wise man hears and adheres. But let me just tell you a truth about your life. God does not, Arthur, God doesn't want your life to be like this. Sometimes we go through tough stuff, and it's not as good as we thought it was. But here's the bottom line. God does not want your life to be up and down. God wants your life to be a continual learning curve going up in the name of Jesus. Put a big amen on that, all right? So, um, so, so let's close with this. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple. Everybody say, elevate life. It was at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful. By the way, welcome to the beautiful place. That's why you need to come to the house of God. This is a place of beauty. Why is it a place of beauty? Because watch what happens. Well, this man would ask for alms from those who entered the temple. Now, remember what the Bible says. Ephesians 3. It's our key scripture for the year. Verse 20. Now to him who is able, now to him who is able, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we ask or think let's stop right there for just a second all right so so he's crippled so what's he thinking about he's thinking about uh i'm crippled this is never going to change i've been this way since i was a baby since i was born and so he's given up that that's going to change here's what happens with a lot of people even even who believe in god they just think it's always been this way it's never going to change for me psyche did you ever think you'd be at the grammys I mean, for real. 
Did you ever think you'd be walking in the Grammys? This girl was at the Grammys. And, 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 and guess what? Did you, I'm in your wildest dreams. But guess what? It ain't about the Grammys, is it? What it's about is God is using their business to advance the kingdom. So God's going God's to open whatever doors they're supposed to go through for his glory and get some light in some rooms that need some light where there's dark places. Why doesn't God want to use me to do that? Why doesn't God want to use you to do that? See, he set up different things for different ones of us as we're wise stewards of what he's called us to steward over. Then he'll put us in the rooms that we never even dreamed of. And maybe, y'all, on a stage you never thought you'd be in on, doing what you thought you'd never do. Here's what this man is focused on. His temporary. I'm speaking to somebody right this second. Listen to me very carefully. He's asking alms. I need money for today. I need food for today. God's going, I'm able to do, come on, y'all. But what, what are we asking for based on what we see and based on what we know? God says, I can do more than that. You're, you're, just, you're just focused right now on the temporary. So God's going to speak here and just say, we're not going to go long, long, but I, I, I just feel like i got to get this out. By the way, there are churches that just do an hour, and I invite you to go to those. Like, if you just want to go to church and be an hour, and, and that's the th- trust me when I say this. In, in the church growth world, they say go an hour. If you go an hour, people will come back. People don't want to go sit in church, but they want to go sit in a movie. So I'm just here to tell you something. We're, 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 we're just going to, we're going to do what God wants us to do. But at the same time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep you. Okay. But I just want you to know we ain't an hour church. Oh, I'm sorry. I know I didn't have to tell you that. I heard my son, I heard, I heard my son's voice say, dad, you didn't have to tell him that. Like they figured that one out. I, I always hear Josh's voice second only to my wife's and God's. Josh in this ear, Sheila in this ear. After the first service, Pastor Precious came to me and she said, that was wonderful. I go, well, tell me. She goes, she goes, here's what I think you need to change for the second service. So, anyway, y'all are blessed for being here. You didn't have to hear what I said in the first. Time. Okay. I want you to see this. Asking for alms for everybody that came in who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asks them, hey, 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 can you guys help me? What's he asking for? He's asking from a place of limited perception. He's asking from a place of limited knowledge. He's asking from a place of brokenness. He's asking from a place of hurt. He's asking from a place of self-pity. He's asking from a place of his own pain. Here's how a lot of people are. They're asking God from those places. Hey, hey, hey. And, and guess, guess, hey. Now, here's the unsuper spiritual part. Peter and John, bless their little hearts. Here's a man that's crippled. They're just going to the temple. Hey, I'm crippled over here. Like, why are you coming to the temple? You're just walking to the temple. I need y'all to give me something. He stopped them. They're on their way to church. See, some of us are living our life. We're on our way to church. We're not, we're not being the church while we go. So watch this. Hey, hey y'all. Hey, hey, y'all. I'm sure he's from Texas. Hey, y'all. Can y'all give me something? And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. 
Look at us. So he gave them his attention. Expecting to receive something from them. With all due respect, and I say this with all due respect, please hear my heart. Last night at the gala we were at, a guy got up, he was given a lot of money, and here's what he said. Life's been good to me. I thought, well, life can sure be bad to you if you've got that philosophy. Life ain't good to you. God's good to you. Ain't no such thing as life being good to me. Well, life's been good to me. No, life hadn't been good to you. I say, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying these are people's paradigms. Life's been good to me. You know, life's been, no, life ain't been good. God's good. He looked at them, gave them his attention. Watch this, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I don't have. Oh, shoot, man, go on. I, I thought y'all looked like y'all had some money or something. I, Hey, I, I, I got to eat. I need something. I don't need you. I don't need, to, I don't need to be talking. The minute he said silver and gold I don't have, the guy's going, no, that's what I need. See, watch this. Some of us miss a move of God because we're so focused on what we think we need. God can't get us past the temporary to do what he wants to do eternally in our life. So, so silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have to give you, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The guy's going, take me by the hand. He takes him by the hand, the right hand, the Bible says, and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he went leaping, stood up, walked, entered the temple, walking and leaping and praising God, and all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew it was the one that was just begging for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what happened. I am prophesying. Mark this date down. People are going to come into this place. They're going to get up out of wheelchairs. People are going to come into this place. Cancers are going to fall off. People are going to come into this place in debt, broke, and busted. And God's going to open the windows of heaven over their life. Listen, I'm not just preaching. I'm not just getting excited. I'm speaking to you out of the heart of God. This is going to be a place where miracles are the norm. Because you're a miracle. I'm almost through. Don't leave. By the next chapter, they're in trouble. The rulers and the elders and the scribes and the high priest gathered around them and said, by what power and what name have you done this? And Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, listen now, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means has he begun, been made well? Let it be known to you and all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, God's doing something in people even right now. By the name of Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you. And this is the stone. This is the foundation that people reject that builders have rejected, but he, Jesus, has become the chief cornerstone. Jesus said the wise man builds his house on the rock, and guess what? 
We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are the temple of God being built up on the apostles and prophets and the foundation on which no other name is given but the name of Jesus Christ. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I said over my life, I said over my wife, I said over this church, I said over my money, I said over everything, not just theoretically, but transformationally. Because Jesus, you're first. Is he first in your life? You see, if he is, he'll take your focus off the temporary. And he'll do more than you can ask or think because your focus can only be on what you see. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.